1: I talked to Amelia about subscriptions and it was great. She, she has so much information. And I, I asked her, like, if you're just starting out how to get started
0: mm-hmm. and
1: if you're like more advanced, mm-hmm. it, her ideas for like um, kind of going to the next level with subscriptions, mm-hmm. mostly about Patreon was mm-hmm. what we focused on. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting and um, she's doing great with that. And yeah. I think it'll be and then she uses it really to connect with her readers. Yeah. And um, it's just very totally different way of of doing a writing career than we've mm-hmm. talked about before, I think. Mm-hmm. So very interesting. Yeah, that's great. So Sarah
2: did the interview by herself because I was not available. Um, but... The good news is we brought my sister home from the hospital this week, Friday, and uh, that was awesome. Um, Things are good. We're just um, keep praying that this chemo works even more. They're saying that the all indications are that it's working, Um, and so things are good. But I did want to just say to our listeners and to Sarah, thank Mm -hmm. you guys for being understanding and. We're going to get back on track. I promise. Uh, I just have been kind of not available. So, um, but anyway, that's all that's going on with me really. Right? Yeah.
1: And that's totally fine. And I know everyone understands and we all have things come up and
2: this is just
1: one of those things that you just have to roll with it and get through it and take one day at a time. So that's what we're doing because we love the podcast and we don't want to stop. No. So we're just going to keep going. And it yeah. may be kind of, I don't know, not hit or miss. I don't know what we call no, it, but we're just kind of, we're barely keeping our heads above the water, we're but we're doing it.
2: The of our pants.
1: Yeah. We're doggy okay.
2: paddling. <laughs> I will tell you a funny story though. just because, you know, it's just our So We were leaving on, or getting ready to leave on Friday and the a nursing tech that had been helping, it was really Joni's, one of Joni's favorite. He, um, strong, you know, mm-hmm. and could really move her around and stuff. And he was helping her. And um, he, she said, Devontae, will you come home with me? My <laughs> husband won't mind. And <laughs> my other sister said, you know, they have the neatest relationship. They just each do their own thing. And <laughs> Joni and I at the same time said, they don't have an open relationship. No, that's not, not quite sinners. what we meant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was so funny because <laughs> his eyes got real big you, know? you weren't quite sure how to take yeah, it properly. Exactly, yeah exactly so
1: yeah. anyway
2: but it, it was a good day it was a good yeah. day so anyway okay. what's been going on with you
1: well we are wrapping up our time in the mountains and i'm i'm a little sad mm. because it's been so nice but yeah. I'm, I'm ready to get home too yeah. so yeah so we're wrapping that up and then um the only other book news i have is i'm trying out um book vault i don't know if you've heard of this it's a it's like Ingram Spark. You can do print on demand. Mm-hmm. And I decided to print a test copy. I'd heard Joanna Penn talking about it. It's mm-hmm. bookvault.app, APP. Mm-hmm. And um, the cost, I was like, let me go in and see how much it costs because mm-hmm. one copy of my book from Ingram Spark with the tracked shipping mm-hmm. is extremely expensive, like $30, $30, to $35. Mm-hmm. And Book Vault is much cheaper. They're only in the UK, but they mm-hmm. ship to the US and even converting. Pounds to dollars, it was still cheaper for one copy.
0: Oh, wow. So
1: yeah, so I'm printing a test copy and having it sent. And I did it expedited because I kind of need to see. I want mm-hmm. to see it before the Kickstarter goes live. Right. But um, I, it went really fast, and it's already. It may the book may actually beat me home. Oh, wow. <laughs> awesome. home. Yeah. So I paid for expedited shipping as well. Expedited like printing and shipping yes. just so uh-huh. I could get it. Yeah. But um, and they the interesting thing about them is you can do uh color pages you don't have to you know most places you can only do either black and white or all color and you can do like one color page or 10 color pages or whatever so I'm I'm trying one color page for the title page Mm -hmm. just to see how that looks Mm -hmm. so I'm excited to see it and Yeah. yeah you might want to check that out if you're looking for alternatives and the thing with um I guess what started all this is like Lulu a lot of authors are using Lulu Express to print And ship, um, like if they're selling through their Shopify store, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but Lulu Express does not do the five by eight size, Um, and but this uh, Book Vault app does. They do have five by eight, so a lot of people are trying them out. And I guess if enough people keep using Mm -hmm. them, then they may. They're apparently looking for printing options in the U.S., which would make Mm it even faster. So. So that's my big news. I'm, I'll let y'all know how it turns out, but yeah. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I am
2: too. So yeah. let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should probably get it with the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm so, to hear what she has to say.
1: Yeah. So here is Amelia. Okay. Today on the uh, Wish and None podcast, we have Amelia Rose. Hi, Amelia. How are you?
0: Good. How are you? I'm glad to be here.
1: You're great. We're so excited to talk to you. and We have so many questions. So um, let me read your bio and we'll get started. With over 31 million online story views, Amelia Rose is a USA Today bestselling author of Steamy Romance. She loves writing about dirty talking bad boys and alpha holes. She currently lives in a small town in Connecticut, USA with her husband, three cats and cute yellow ducklings. (laughs) (laughs) So that is a great bio. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So tell us, how did you get into
0: writing? Yeah. So um, when I was younger, it started off with me just reading a lot. When I was younger, I remember I had my mom just read like stacks and stacks of books to me every single night. Mm -hmm. Um, And from there, I would just like progressed and just continued to read a lot. And I got into like a romance in my teenage years. And I was reading a lot on an online platform called Wattpad. Mm -hmm. And it has a bunch of um, werewolf romances, which is how I got into writing. I started writing a werewolf romance and then I paused for a little bit when I was in college. And then I, I had to pick it back up because I had too many characters like roaming around in my head and they Mm -hmm. wanted stories to be told. So I started writing again um, in college just to kind of like relax a little bit.
1: Yeah, that is great. And it's interesting, like most authors that we've had on there, um, they, you know, grew up reading, but very few people have mentioned Wattpad, and I think that's a something that's drawn like the younger generation into reading. I feel like,
0: yeah, I think so too. Um, there's, a, there's tons of uh, younger readers on Wattpad, but there's also like I found there's like a, there's readers of all ages on Wattpad, um, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of YA novels and mm-hmm. young adult novels there too, which yeah. brings in the the younger crowd.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, well, uh, we like to la- ask everyone, "What is your definition of success?" Because there's so many different ways you can define success. So, what is it for you?
0: Yeah. Um, so, my definition of success really comes down to connecting with my readers. Um, when I started, I wasn't even like doing it for the money. I like, I like tried hard not to do it for the money, and <laughs> yeah, and so my whole goal was to just connect with my readers and like bring out emotions in them through storytelling and i wattpad has this um has inline commenting within their okay. stories so people can comment directly or as a reading and it's really it, it makes me really happy and when i see comments come in through different um readers when they are reading certain paragraphs and certain, um, ideas that I'm talking about in my stories and just seeing their reactions is really, I, I define that as that's like my success is to be able to have readers actively react throughout the story and I get to see it. I just yeah. think that's like a wonderful thing.
1: Yeah. So it's like real-time feedback almost. Yeah. right? Yeah. That is interesting because most of us we write the whole book and then we release mm-hmm. it. So yeah, that's interesting. And does it affect your um your writing? Like if people really love a certain scene or a certain character, do you change your storylines? Do you modify things?
0: I, I sometimes I do modify things. A lot of times people will comment things they want to happen. Um, but sometimes uh, readers should don't know what they actually want to happen. Yes. So you have to take <laughs> each comment with a grain of salt. You're like, oh I should should this happen? Like, I don't know. Um, and so sometimes I will take their comments and use them to make the story a lot better. And I usually do that the most after the book is finished, um, when I'm going back yeah. and like revising before I publish it on okay. any wide retailer. Yeah. So, yeah, I do sometimes use their feedback throughout the story.
1: Just. Yeah that's interesting yeah yeah and i think you're right that it's like readers and tv viewers like you want certain things to happen but then Mm -hmm. at the same time do you really want the characters to get together do you really want them to solve the mystery like right away if there's an overarching mystery throughout the series you know do you want it solved in book two maybe not maybe you want it to keep going so
0: Mm -hmm. it's
1: true you have to kind of step back and not let them totally control the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I know so many things would just be like, oh, like books would be over so quickly if like readers had it their way. And sometimes you need that kind of like build up.
1: Yeah, true. Well, what do you wish you had known about writing or craft?
0: Yeah. um, This is a really good question. I spent some time thinking about it. Um, One thing I wish I had known when I was starting to write, um, and this is just before I started. publishing altogether um, is your story isn't for everyone and you don't have to make your story for everyone. When I was in college, I had this like really, really, um, I don't even know what to call her. She was a writing professor and she would always mark up my stories and she like would not let me write romance at all. And I was like, no, I want to, I want to do all this stuff. And I would always compare my craft in my writing to other like this a few other people in, in that class. And they had like their writing was filled with so much description and so much um like setting, and that's not how I write, and that's not how I like to read. So I had to really just like step back and be like, I could do this my own way. Mm-hmm. Um there's not one set way to write and there's not one set way to read readers will read my stuff if they like it if they don't they won't right so that's something I had to learn (laughs) yes
1: and that's that's a hard lesson to learn I think because yeah I'm like I'm a people pleaser and I want to make everybody happy but it's true that not everyone is going to like your book and if I mean sometimes if I get a bad review I'll go look at the reviews from like you know Jane Austen and there are people oh. who don't like Jane Austen you know you, every every great thing. author out there there's somebody who doesn't like the book and it's okay mm-hmm. but you have to kind of come to that that's very true so but i wanted to circle back to you mentioned earlier you enjoy uh, connecting with readers and bringing out emotions in the readers yeah. so um, how do you do, like do you have any tips for that like for somebody who's interested in like the craft of like pulling people in emotionally Oh. or how did you do it instinctively <laughs> or do you have any do you work on it like um, you revise
0: so i i'm not sure i i do a lot of it comes pretty naturally to me what i do is so i i found this is me personally i don't like plotting a book um, I feel like it kind of traps the characters, and it doesn't allow much room for them to grow naturally., mm-hmm. um, and part of that is it traps them emotionally, too. And sometimes when I write after I plot, the emotions kind of feel very stale and they uh. don't feel natural. Mm-hmm. So I write the story as it comes to me <laughs> usually. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, Pretty much no plotting. And that's how I like to read it too. So I put myself in in the shoes as in the shoes of the reader as I'm writing it. Mm-hmm. So it's just, basically everything that's happening to my main character is happening to me in my mind. Yeah. And I really try to bring out um the emotions I would feel in that moment.
1: Yeah. So you're sort of experiencing it as you're yes. yes. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And we've talked to a lot of people who are like plotters and a lot of people who write more organically. And I think it just depends on, you know, yeah, which one appeals to you and makes you like, I would panic if I didn't have an outline, <laughs> like a blank
0: screen, I'd be like, ah. Oh.
1: so I have to have something.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I do think it, it depends on just how you write. Um, that's just my personal experience yeah. with plotting and stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, what about marketing? What do you wish you'd known about marketing?
0: Yeah. um, So one thing I wish I knew before I started publishing um, about marketing is you don't have to do it all at one time. (laughs) It's really hard to get trapped into the cycle of I have to spend tons of money on Facebook ads and I have to spend tons of money on Amazon ads and I should be on TikTok and I should be doing Instagram and newsletter. And it's really you feel like you have to do all of this stuff mm-hmm. um, when really you can focus on one thing and just get really, really good at it. Mm-hmm. And then from there you can expand. Um, and I think one of the big, big things about marketing is I, um, at least for me personally, I try to build a community around my stories instead of mm-hmm. trying to get a bunch of readers just to read one of them. Okay. Um, if that makes sense like yeah. i rather have a community of readers who are like huge super fans and are in this like fandom of a specific story
1: mm-hmm. um
0: than people who will read just just one of my books and then be done with them
1: right so you're looking to cultivate a following or readers who enjoy all your books that like they read one and they want to read more right not just yes. one and done and go on to somebody else they want to read yeah. In Amelia Rose book, right?
0: Yes, that's yeah. what I try to do.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, I think that's great. Yeah. Well, what assumptions did you make at the beginning of your writing career, and um, looking back, did they turn out to be right or
0: wrong? Oh, um, I, I I think going back to it, I actually in in the very beginning of my writing career. I never thought I would ever publish a book. I come from like a very (laughs) low, low income background. And so like publishing and just like anything like creative wasn't really on the table for me to do. Mm -hmm. It was like, you have to go to college and you have to like get a job in like a STEM field or (laughs) something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I just like never thought it was even possible. I didn't know how you would do it. Um, And so that was a big assumption I would make, um, especially coming from like low income is like, you could, when I started, I was like, I can't do any of this. And as I grew and as I, continue to learn about publishing, there's a lot of ways to publish a book and get your story out there. Um, And Mm -hmm. there's not just one way of going through like a traditional publisher. You can go through subscriptions or you can do Kickstarter or you can do KU. It's really (laughs) however you want to publish the book.
1: Yeah. And that's so important to like realize that you're not locked into one path. Yeah. But a lot of times it takes a while to figure that out.
0: Yeah, you it have does to it see does see All a the while. different
1: options. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we always like to ask about lessons learned and, you know, mistakes people have made. Um, have you ever made a mistake that turned out to be a good thing? Can you think of anything that would fall into that category?
0: <laughs> <laughs> there is this one mistake I made. Um, this is more leaning towards subscriptions. Okay. Mistake uh, within subscriptions is I schedule my chapters out ahead of time. So how I publish through subscriptions is I publish a set of chapters like chapters one through five one week and then the next week it will be six through ten or something like that um and I also have different tiers so my higher tiers get the chapters ahead of my lower tiers. Mm. And one thing I accidentally did was I shared a story that was on a higher tier with a lower tier, <laughs> um, which I felt really bad because it's supposed to be exclusive to one of my my higher tiers. And after I did that, everyone was like, they wanted the story, like the complete story, in that lower tier as soon as possible. And some of them like even jumped up to my higher tiers. I was going to say that some it. of them- yeah, yeah, and I, like I, I felt so bad because that's not what I meant to do. It was like a huge mistake, but it turned out to be a really cool thing, I guess, because like I learned that people are willing to pay more for my stories than what I was originally mm-hmm. offering them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like my big like, oh, I need to like value my writing more, and I need mm-hmm. to value these stories more because people are willing to pay more for them.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something that we we tend as authors to view uh, like a whole novel at like nine cents or two ninety nine, and that's like the standard. Or five, some friends and I have had a big debate, like not debate, but like angst over should we raise our price from four ninety nine to five ninety nine. And then when you think about it in the big scope of things, like six dollars isn't that much. So, but it's the mind frame, and if you can figure out that you do have readers who are interested in your work and they want to support you and they're okay with paying maybe even 10 20 30 dollars it's it's like a completely different way to look at things
0: yeah it's definitely a shift especially when you shift from like just publishing your stories at like 4.99 like a one-time payment to like subscription based where people are paying you monthly it's definitely a huge mindset shift that is very hard to make because like you were saying, like a lot of creatives, they, I feel like society just tells creatives, like your work isn't valuable, but like people can continue to consume art in different ways, but so many artists and authors just don't think their work is worth it when it really is.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to talk about subscription and um, just, the different possibilities there are with that. Cause yeah. there's a lot. So, but before we yeah. get to that, let's um, finish up. So we always like to ask like the kind of the opposite of the last question was, um, have you ever had something that you thought was just like a brilliant idea? And then it turned out to be not so great.
0: Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> probably a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, me too. <laughs> I remember when I started um, subscriptions, a, a lot of my, These answers are subscription based because it's my main model. Yeah. Yeah. But when I started, I was like, I have to offer in order to get anyone to convert to my subscription, in order to get anyone onto them to become part of this community, I need to offer everything I have. Like, I need to be publishing like 10 chapters a week, 20 (laughs) chapters a week. And I was like, after a while, I need to just step back and be like, this is not doable. Like I, I can't do that. I was offering way too much for Uh way too little. So I think I, yeah, it's just um, for me in my author career, it's a lot of just reassessing things and figuring out what's working, what's not working and not being afraid to drop the things that are not working for me. Right. Yeah. Which is really hard.
1: Yeah. And I think that is something with like doing a recurring model income model like subscription, you do feel like, Oh, I've got to give everything and it's exhausting. You can't keep it up. Right. You have to kind of figure out what you're able to do
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and then what you can charge for that. And I, did it take you a while to figure that out? Like, um,
0: I'm still learning. So (laughs) I'm I'm still figuring out a little bit at a time. Um, I'm actually in a couple of weeks, I'll be scaling back even further and releasing less chapters on my subscription. Mm-hmm. Um So it, it does take a long time. And when you have more and more people joining your subscription, things tend to change. Like people might want certain books mm-hmm. for you to write certain books, or they might want you to do more audiobooks. And it's just constantly just seeing what your community wants Um and kind of shifting from there. But Mm -hmm. yeah, to answer your question, it did take a while. It's it's still, it's still happening. So yeah.
1: Well, let's talk about subscription stuff a little bit more because I think that's like, it's very interesting. There's not a lot of, there are authors doing it, but it's not mainstream. I don't think. So can you describe like how you do your subscription? Just kind of give us an overview of how you do that.
0: Yeah. So I release chapters every week. Um, So as I was saying before, we'll make it a little bit simpler. Um, On my subscription, I write and release like three chapters per week to my highest tier. Um, And then I'll drip the chapters down. So the highest tier has three chapters, but the lowest tier might have only one chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll continue to write The book in that sort of manner Mm -hmm. um, to the people that are currently in my subscription and currently in that community. But at the same time, I'm funneling more people into the community by releasing like one to two chapters per week, either free through my newsletter or Mm -hmm. free on free serial websites like Wattpad. Mm -hmm. And at the end of those chapters, I write a little Author's notes saying like, hey, you could read up the chapter like 20 if you join my subscription Mm -hmm. or you can read the rest of the book if you join my subscription. And that's currently my my funnel and how I use subscription.
1: So is it staggered like you um, like you'd release the first chapters to your Patreon and then like after some time goes by, do you put it on the free put it out? so many chapters for free later, or do you do it all at once?
0: So when I started, I was doing it all at once. So I would have like three chapters on my subscription and then one chapter on my, on Wattpad or, or my newsletter. Um, and every week I would add more chapters to Wattpad or, and add more chapters to my subscription at the same time. Now I've gotten to the point where I've built up so much of a like backlist, I guess Mm -hmm. that I'm usually I have the book finished on my subscription before I even start updating on through my newsletter or on Wattpad.
1: Okay. So yeah. So there's quite a gap then sometimes between. Yeah. yeah. And then um, let's see, I thought of another question that I wanted to ask you about that. Um, oh, do you leave the books up that you release for free? Do you leave those up or do you change those out after a while or how does that work?
0: So I leave them up on the free sites until I publish them on Amazon mm-hmm. or on wide retailers. Mm-hmm. Um, at that moment, I pull them down and I usually just leave five chapters up as like a sample. And okay. at the end I'm like, Hey, you could, if you want to <laughs> read this book, you could come over to my subscription or you can buy it on Amazon.
1: Yeah. So. Okay, cool. All right. So, and then another question that comes up is, is it a lot of work? Like, figuring out who gets what chapter and like sorting out all the, it's almost like a lot of admin. Is there, I mean, it sounds to me like it will be a lot of admin, but is there not once you kind of get used to it?
0: Once you get used to it, there's not a lot of admin because it's it's basically like, at least um, for me, I'm, this is my rough draft that I'm writing for my subscription and for the free, free website. Um, So it's basically, I write a chapter and I post it and then I post the next chapter that I need to post on Wattpad. Um, It's not a lot of admin once you get used to it. Okay. All right. That's good to know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At first it could be kind of confusing, but yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that's very, very interesting. And it's not something that I hear a lot of people doing. So Um, If someone is interested and they wanted to do something like this, do you have any, what are your recommendations for someone who wants to get started? Maybe with Patreon, would you recommend Patreon? Um, How would you recommend they get started?
0: Yeah. um, Patreon is a good website. Uh, You have to be careful, um, especially if you write anything kind of risque for Patreon because they, they, kind of get a little finicky. Um, I had a couple, they shut my account down a couple of times because I was writing a steamy romance um, with Ah. some elements that they didn't like. Um, So, but other than that, it's the most popular subscription platform right now. It Mm -hmm. has a lot of good tools and it links into a lot of different apps where you can like host your community, like on Discord. Um, You Mm -hmm. can post like videos or... Um, images if you want if you're if you have like a graphic novel that you're doing um but yeah that's patreon right now is the best place to do a subscription
1: okay yeah and what about if someone wants to start this like you mentioned moving your readers to your subscription do you have any tips on how to do that um other than like posting it online, letting people read a little bit, you know, how do you draw them over?
0: Yeah. Um, So uh, honestly, that's my main tip. And that's how a lot of people came over to my subscription is posting it for free. Um, But if you don't want to post the whole thing for free, you can just have a sample out there. But just one of the big reasons why a lot of people join subscriptions um is because they're reading the story and then it comes to this really really great cliffhanger cliffhanger yes it has yeah, so it's it's gotta all, be a cliffhanger right it's <laughs> all about the cliffhangers and then you stop the story and they're like oh i need to know what happens <laughs> next like you can't stop it there and you're just like oh well you could read the rest of my story if you come over like, here it is so yeah <laughs> So that's like a big thing in serial fiction is you have to have the cliffhangers.
1: Right. Okay. And that makes sense because that, I mean, we love story and so we're going to want to know what happened no matter what it is. So yeah.
0: Yes. Whatever genre
1: it is. Yeah. 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 What about um, for someone who's already doing some form of subscription? Um, Do you have like some advanced techniques or any tips for people who, you know, kind of want to go to the next level?
0: Yeah, um, I I would say definitely look at what other people are doing um, in subscription because you could so kind of like backtracking a little bit. um, You have tiers and subscriptions usually, and Mm -hmm. so you might want to continue offering your readers, like the majority of your readers, what they have now. But then you also might want to add some like tiers that are like a lot higher. Um, mm-hmm. For example, Kay Webster has a uh, $150 tier and $200 tier. And yeah. it, it's insane. And those two tiers are maxed out. Like she has a limit on them mm-hmm. and they're all filled up. And I think it's like she has 20 people in her 150 and 10 in her 200. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just she's offering more and more exclusive stuff for them. And mm-hmm. so they want to be in it. And they don't want to leave because they're afraid if they leave, somebody's going to take that spot and And they're not mm -hmm. going to be able to. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: the scarcity.
0: You're like, oh my gosh, I can't give this up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I I would say definitely um, look at what other authors are doing and what they're offering at what price points, because you don't want to undervalue yourself. I know like when I first started, I had, you could get a free paperback book at my ten dollar tier, but I was like, after like a couple of months, I was like, oh, this is kind of getting expensive for me, right? And it's Costs it's a lot work. To ship it. right? Yeah, yeah, and it's a lot of work too. Um, so I guess like to get to that next level, just I, I I would personally, and this is what I'm doing now, um, just see what other people are doing and kind of take that and see how it fits in your business.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. On the higher tiers, um, I'm working on a Kickstarter. So I've been studying different Mm -hmm. book related Kickstarters. And it is amazing the the price tiers that are out there for 100, 200, 300. I mean, there's like some big price tiers that maybe authors think it's not possible. My readers would never pay that, Mm -hmm. but you don't know. And you might as well try it and see, you know? Yeah. So there's no
0: harm in trying it. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. So, but if you're just starting out, would you recommend like only a certain number of tiers, like start with three or five or something like that? Or is it better to have a lot?
0: I would recommend three um, just because it's going to be more manageable for you. If you have any more than three, it might get too hectic because you have to deliver things different different rewards to different tiers and it's just going to be too much, especially if you're just starting, unless mm-hmm. this is how you're starting your business. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like on the reader end, the reader has to go if you have like 10 tiers, the reader has to go through all of them and try to figure out which one right. they want to join. It and it just could be too much and they decide like, hey, I don't want to join any yeah. of them. It's too yeah. complicated.
1: Yeah. If, so, if you make it too it. hard, yeah. They'll just walk yeah. away, right? <laughs>
0: Exactly. So just keep it simple.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good advice. I think with lots of things because I tend to overcomplicate things anyway. So, and then um, for price points, you would just recommend like seeing what other authors are doing, maybe in your genre in particular. Yeah. Or-
0: I would. I would say um, a lot of people are leaning towards starting their lowest tier at five dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, my lowest tier was three dollars for a long, long time. Um, but I recently changed it to five dollars because that's becoming the standard as the lowest tier. Um, but I would again look at what people in your genre are doing um, and see, uh, as, and and see what you want to price your tiers. Especially because you can have as many tiers as you want, and if you want to have like, if you want to have only three tiers, um, those prices are going to be be different from what you're offering.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and have you like, when you change things up, do you get any pushback? Like if you decide, like you said, you were doing a paperback and then you decided not to do that, or you changed your lowest tier price. How does have people been upset or do they not? So,
0: care? <laughs> um, so I look at, um, uh, people in subscriptions, like these are like your biggest fans. Um, mm-hmm and you're like your super fans if they're willing to pay monthly for your stuff. Um, And so usually you just have to be open and honest with them. If you can't um, commit to doing as many chapters as you said, you're going to do just let them know. And some people are going to get mad and be like, I'm leaving. Um, But other people are going to be like, okay, like we want her to continue writing. We understand (laughs) like this is becoming too much. And if it could overload her Um, Mm -hmm. doing less is fine or um like offering a paperback book or taking that away um usually it's fine because people understand shipping costs a lot too if you're offering yeah. a paperback book at $10 like that's kind of not super reasonable especially <laughs> yeah. if it's signed <laughs> um yeah but for the um changing the price of my lowest tier what I did um and what some I feel like a lot of people don't know that you could do this, is you just unpublish the tier. So that means everybody who's who's in that tier stays in that tier. They continue paying the $3 or whatever your lowest tier is. Mm-hmm. And they continue paying that much until they upgrade or until they leave. But anyone new who's coming in only sees your new lowest tier. So they only see that $5 okay. instead of the $3 tier to join.
1: Okay, so that's a good good way to handle it. yeah just so you're not
0: getting anyone mad
1: yeah true (laughs) yeah well what are some of your most popular rewards it um so Um, or what have you seen that readers really love
0: readers my readers personally just love more chapters (laughs) yeah unfortunately (laughs) but i have um For a while, I had an exclusive book at my highest tier, and there was a lot of people who were joining just to read that book. Um, But I've also been adding um, artwork Mm -hmm. and some audio. Audio is not super popular with my readers, so I haven't been expanding that as much. But paperback books are definitely a plus audio. I mean, not audio, um, character arts. Um, I'm also working on a graphic novel and I have Mm -hmm. it in a specific tier right now. And there's a lot of people who jumped over to it just to see the steamy artwork in it. So. Nice.
1: Well, that is cool. That's very interesting things that like, um, it would be hard to do that on a retailer, but you can do it on Patreon. So. That's nice. Yeah. So, and I guess I should have asked you, so like if we backed up, um, like just, I think subscription is awesome because you have Mm -hmm. the recurring income. So what, what would you say to somebody who's kind of reluctant, maybe interested, would you definitely recommend subscription as a way to like diversify the income in your business?
0: I personally would, um, <laughs> just because that's how I started. Um, and I really believe that it is it is reoccurring income, and it's more stable than other income that mm-hmm. you might have. Like KU reads, or just like people buying stuff on Amazon, it's very variable depend it depends a lot on other people as well and it depends on how well your facebook ads do Mm -hmm. if you really curate this community um of your biggest fans and they're paying you monthly for your writing like that's probably like the most stable income you're going to receive right because it's not like they're buying a paperback book or ebook one time it's Mm -hmm. they're consistently supporting you and they're consistent they're they're like they want you to succeed. Right. So they're going to do anything they can do to like help you get there. Mm-hmm. If that's like reviewing your book on a certain platform or if that's like spreading the word to their friends about your books, even if it's not about your subscription. Mm-hmm. These people like really, really want you to succeed.
1: Yeah, so I, to I would you. say,
0: yeah. So I would say definitely do it.
1: Yeah. And I I heard you speak at Inker's Con, and one thing you said at was, Inker's Con was that you have people who will sign up for your subscription and they get the drafts and then later mm-hmm. they'll go and buy the book. Right. Yes. And then, so it's not like, Oh, I've already read that. They are real true fans yes. and they want more of what you have, even if it's just like, Oh, this is the the most, the, the newer version, you know? So yeah. it's just a way to develop a very close relationship with your readers. Right
0: yeah it definitely is I have a lot of people who I uh, I even give my my readers on my subscription the the final book like the final ebook after it's been edited I I will mm-hmm. provide them like a download link and then people are like oh we don't need the download like we already pre-ordered it <laughs> I was like, okay um thank you that's um, great yeah like, yeah it's really cool and a lot of people will buy the paperbacks and hardbacks too I, I'll like always get pictures I have like This one fan, she like loves sending me like pictures of her bookshelf every time Uh new books come in. And it's it's really cool.
1: Yeah. That is great. That is what we all want, right? Yeah. (laughs) As authors. We want the readers who are very excited about our books. So well, this has been cool. And it's just I love the the it shows that you don't have to do things. You don't have to use the retailers as your primary source of income. You can, you know, diversify out of that. Um, but you're also working on a project for yes. a subscription service just for authors, fiction authors, right? Yes, yeah. we are. Can you tell us a little I, bit about that? I know it's not yet.
0: Um, I'm working with a really close friend, Michael Evans, and my husband, his name is mm-hmm. Sean, um, and we're building Ream, which is basically Patreon, but for fiction authors, there's going to be like an e-reader, so... Mm. Yeah, so Patreon right now doesn't have an e-reader. You just have to, like, upload all the chapters separately. So it's going to be a lot more optimized for fiction. We're going to have, like, inline commenting. So Mm. if people are reading your story, they can connect with other readers, and you can basically see the feedback real time if you want it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also going to be a a scheduler in it where you can just schedule the book to release on – chapters on certain dates and there's no like scheduling individual chapters uh, um, nice. and we plan on expanding as as soon as possible pretty <laughs> much um we can only do so much because it's just right. my husband working on like developing the actual website and the app mm-hmm. um but we're hoping to have it out sometime by the end of the year hopefully awesome so, awesome yeah that's
1: great yeah, uh, well, I love things that are built by authors for authors because mm-hmm. you have a really good idea of what we need and how to make it work specifically for our little part of the market. So, I'm looking forward to it. I think that'll be Yay. great.
0: <laughs> I'm super excited for it. And that that was like one of the main things um, when I was helping like design the the website is I'm we're always thinking about authors because me and Michael are, are authors and mm-hmm. my husband is really into storytelling as well. So we're just trying to make it as optimized as possible for authors. And one of the big things is we don't want to censor people as much as like other people are like Amazon censoring mm-hmm. or Patreon censoring right. Um just because we're writing fiction. Like the app is for fiction. Mm-hmm. So
1: Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. You'll have to let us know when it comes out. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So that'd be good. We'd like to ask everybody um, this question about success. Like, what do you think has been the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success?
0: Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think the best thing I've done is try to actually really connect with everybody who's reading my book. Um, And that's just like, It's really hard to do that um, when people are buying your book on retailers because there's no place to connect, really. You have to, like, try to get them into your Facebook group at the end of or onto Mm -hmm. your email list. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the big things is just replying to, like, emails or replying to comments I get on social media um, and really trying to make the readers feel like, because I am doing it, like, feel like I'm there with them and yeah. feel like I'm seeing all of their stuff because I am. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah. Connecting like on a personal level, it's definitely what what's helped me.
1: Yeah. That's great. Well, where can people find out more about you?
0: Yeah. You could find um, more about me on my website. It's ameliarosewriting.com. And we also have a subscription group on Facebook okay. where we talk about subscriptions, uh, t- subscriptions for authors. Okay. Facebook group.
1: So. Okay, great. Well, we'll have all those links in the show notes and um, you can find those at com. And thanks to Alexa Blarberg for editing and producing the podcast and to Adriel Wiggins for doing the admin. And we will see everybody next week. Bye, everybody.
2: <laughs> thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Them podcast. We hope this episode inspired
0: you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, Tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.